Like retribution, I'm here to destroy the show from within by becoming its champion. And as the kids on the internet would say, he's got the cake. I wish you wouldn't have said that, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) This is the saddest episode of the show ever. (laughs) Neither of you know what is going on. Erica, we need you. If you're listening. Um, After that finger point of doom of a round, we have Nate with six points. And Shawnee and Justin with one. I guess thank God for Hubert. Thanks for adding pressure. Um... I took away the pressure, you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome to the show that normally, normally I say, is a friendly conversation about professional wrestling and uh, something of a quiz show. But today we are down a couple of our hosts, a couple of our panelists, a couple of our, 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 our sweet, darling timekeeper, Erica. It is just Nate, Chuck, and I, and we are just going to talk about what's going on in professional wrestling for as long as we feel like it, and then we're going to move on with our day. But there was quite a bit that went on, so we thought it would be worthwhile to uh, release an episode. I am with, uh, well, the current champion, Mr. Nate Bender. I don't know if you listened last week, sir, but I had reported that your head exploded, much like, uh, uh, I don't know, that sound that Chuck just made. And... um, (laughs) Like in scanners. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, in kayfabe, your head has now grown back. How are you feeling, sir? Uh, well, I have a slight headache. I'm not sure if that's a side effect from uh, from from the head explosion or not, but uh, exploding uh, I'm heads. doing okay. All right. And that other voice you hear, uh, Mr. Chuck Bean, bouncing his headphones off of the microphone like the true broadcast professional that he is. How are you doing today, sir? That is exactly right. I don't have anything to chew into the microphone today, so count yourself lucky as far as that's concerned. But I'm all right. I'm all right. We're, what, uh, about five or six days away from AEW's double or nothing. So that's going to be a big deal. And uh, there was plenty of stuff. There's so much wrestling these days. It's insane. I would say there is more professional wrestling, and it is more i should say more easily available professional wrestling than there probably has ever been at any point in history yes and as things begin to open up it's going to be very interesting to see you know who picks up the pieces from the indie circuit and how that all that landscape arises now that uh now 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 that live events are taking place again it sounds like wwe is sort of targeting SummerSlam maybe a july and early summer slam this year and a, a july touring schedule aew as we mentioned before has a couple of events planned i have quite certain that that's going to build out rapidly at this point assuming uh, nothing changes you know um it's a rather big assumption i think but we're going to go ahead and make it for the for the for this moment uh, what are your guys' thoughts? Like, are you excited to get to a professional wrestling event? Are you excited to get to events? How are you feeling about this whole end of the pandemic, uh, both how it applies to wrestling and, and just in general? Did you uh, want to take the lead on this one, Nate? Sure. Um, uh, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, wrestling, I- I'm not sure that it it completely impacts my life that much. Um, I wasn't going to a whole lot of wrestling events in the first place. 
and I don't know that this would necessarily make me go to any more. Um, although I do understand that uh, the the former Red Wings player Darren McCarty made his wrestling debut last night at uh, uh, at uh, oh I forget which promotion the, the it was XICW yeah yes. XICW yes that's oh that's my great. god <laughs> um, so uh, that's uh, I guess that's interesting I don't know I I, I you know. I, I'm I'm at the point where even if AEW came to town, I'm probably not going, just because I no, I, no I've I've got the vaccine, I'm good. Um, I still go out when I go out, I still mask up and uh, put the gloves on. I'm still, you know, going the 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 whole nine yards because uh, I don't trust any of you motherfuckers. So right, uh, you know, my my feeling is um, I definitely don't trust the people at Kroger so it doesn't make me want to run out and go to a wrestling show because those people are so much more trustworthy um I, I don't know I it, you know I think I think my biggest takeaway about COVID and wrestling was Tommy Dreamer's description of getting COVID which is the most horrifying thing I've ever heard it, he's he was like uh, I had a headache that felt like I had a concussion for like 17 days. Um, you know, my my elbow and my hip were on fire. I thought I was going to soil myself. There was one point where I thought I was going to die. What has not happened physically to Tommy Dreamer? Sure. That, and that, that you know what I mean? Like, what? If if he's reacting like that to this, you know, like there's no way there's no way I'm even halfway fucking around and and getting this shit. No, absolutely not. And you have to wonder, too, especially in Tommy Dreamer's uh, experience, how much of his pre-existing injuries were just inflamed by the, you know, the advent of the covid virus. Right. Right. But I can under I can understand that. I don't. I'm still in the mindset of I don't, don't want to be around large groups of people, but I know that like it's going to be inevitable. And when it happens, I think it's like you were saying, Shawnee, it's going to happen kind of quickly. I think that especially when it comes to uh, the major wrestling companies, uh, AEW, um, you know, uh, the WWE impacts to a degree or something like that, they're all kind of waiting to see who fires first as far as fuck it, let's do live crowds. And and once the gates open, I think it's it's completely open for everybody. I think, you know, and, and for better or worse, you know, everybody could find out two months later. This was a terrible idea to go back to live crowds. Um, but I also think like there's there's nothing stopping it like it's it's inevitable and, and you can't stop it. And we're all getting vaccines and that's good. Um, but I'm, I'm in the same boat as Nate, where it's like, I'm still going out with a mask, you know, I still want to use gloves if I can kind of thing. I, I'll more than likely end up in a wrestling crowd. I'm, I'm assuming before 2021 is over, but it's going to feel real weird. It's going to feel real. Like I'm doing something I shouldn't be. Yeah. When I go to the store and, you know, in Michigan, uh, for people who are living in different locales, you know, everyone had uh, sort of a different uh, cultural experience over the last 12 months. Like we had this collective experience of the information flow for the most part. I mean, you know, obviously with the Internet and algorithms, we've seen that things are very, very disjointed in many ways. But, uh, you know, the idea in, in Michigan, we were we were masking up and, you know, there was the, right. 
there, there was opposition and there were there was there was different things taking place but for the most part you know we're masking up and I uh, like I I loved pre-pandemic just going to the local diner and I finally went back a couple of times and it's like the first time I still had the mask on and you know pretty much the entire time the second time I'm like taking it off and sliding it on my arm and trying to get comfortable and finding myself uh, you know, like having the mask back on without remembering putting it back on. And I'm like, well, this is just sure. becoming a whole connection to my body. Now it's second nature and, 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 and trying to like, it's almost like being a teenager, like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take the mask off and be a brat and walk around the store without the mask. Right. Like right. We, we, we've been given the go ahead. I don't feel particularly confident in the go ahead quite yet, but I, you know, I, I do feel like, my trepidation is probably, you know, just sort of inertia. You know, I, I, I imagine that a month from now, two months from now, we will be seeing very few masks and, and we'll know, right? Like, are the hospitals getting full or not? Um, I mean, right. I, I got to be honest. I, I can't imagine ever touching another gas pump without a, a glove ever again in my entire life. Yeah. Like, I don't know if that makes me weird or not, but like. Like, the, you know, like the way that the whole pandemic has sort of like made at least me sort of reframe like everyday activities where, you know, like you, you don't you don't really think about it. But like there was one time like right in the beginning of the pandemic, I forgot my gloves when I touched a, a gas pump and I was like, like, I could not get to a sink to wash my hands fast enough, because when you think about it. There's all sorts of fucking people, uh, you know, with uh, states of of cleanliness that are touching something like that. And how often is something like that washed? Almost never. So, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that I will, you know, like if I ever have grandkids, I'm sure my grandkids will look at me strange. Like, why does Grandpa Nathan use gloves whenever he touches, you know, the gas pump? It's just going to be a thing now. I think it's going to be person to person, too, as far as that, like that kind of thing. Like, I I understand the trepidation of, of the gas pump thing, but it's something that has not affected me in a way that it's affected you, Nate. And I, I think each of us is going to have kind of our, our little ticks of, uh, of, you know, post uh, post pandemic uh, stress disorder, I guess of things that you know like you didn't do before that now you probably will do for the rest of your life just out of habit because just like you were saying shawnee about like having the mask on and not realizing it's on it's almost like it's almost like putting on glasses now it's just part of what you do when oh i'm going outside i better put my mask on kind of thing and that's Mm going to be that's going to be fascinating but once again with wrestling events with concerts they're even talking about the local you know comic conventions or, or coming back uh in august september october area i'm still like i don't want to be in a crowd of people yeah i mean you know i said earlier I, you're not going to find me at a wrestling event but i mean like comic cons and uh you know uh uh concerts that uh, those are my jam i love going to that shit uh you're not going to find you the earliest thing you will find me at is probably Riot Fest 2022. That's about it. Incidentally, yeah. Riot Fest 2021, pretty good lineup. Mr. Bungle and Faith No More. Yeah, Woo! they uh, they announced the yeah, Misfits. Yeah, I don't think that's ever happened. Uh, for Riot Fest 2022, they announced Misfits with Jerry only and yeah, like goddamn Danzig. 
that's that's i would love to see that i still have not gotten to see that yeah. that reunion tour i fucking hate the misfits uh, uh you know that may be punk rock sin but i have <laughs> never liked the misfits ever and i saw that and i went holy shit i think i have to see that like i think like right like that's crazy that's like that's like jello playing with the dead kennedys like, well, and I didn't not think only it'll that, ever happen. Sure. There's like and I thought I saw that meme factor to Danzig at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. Nobody genuinely likes. Danzig. Yeah, there absolutely is. <laughs> but I thought I saw, too, that like they're specifically playing the walks among us. Uh, they are. album as well, which is definitely one of their their better records, which. Yeah, no, that Riot Fest thing is is uh, something to be had. For sure. But also, that's it. Uh, going back to speaking of speaking of fans and wrestling and uh, and conventions, the the Astronomicon here in the in in Michigan is moving to Ann Arbor, but they're getting uh, Mick Foley. Um, mm. uh, what's the guy from Slipknot? His name's escaping me. Corey, Corey Taylor, maybe. Corey, goddamn. Something. Taylor is going to be there. Oh, okay. There you go. Ty Which Conti, is, Sammy Guevara. Yeah, that's that's kind of my. That's a. Yeah. That's a, you know, and that's just their, their initial, like, Hey, this is coming up in August. Here's what we got right now. Who knows what names are going to be added to that? Cause they, the guys who put it on they they love professional wrestling. And last year they're, uh, you know, just before the pandemic in February, they had the last one and, and got, uh, Alexa bliss was the big name they got for that. So it's another one of those things where we're all going to be going, well, I don't know if I should be in a big crowd, but is it worth it? Like, is there, is there, can I go get a picture with McFoley? Would, you know, does, does that make it worth it? And, you know, the, the big thing is like, uh, you know, I, I sunk cost, you know, like we're trapped in this weird sunk cost fallacy loop where like I was very, very good during pandemic in terms of following protocols. So now I'm like, yeah. well, shit, if I, if I have fun, Am I going to die? Am I going to get sick? Right? Like the math, the math is now in the favor of saying, okay, well, eventually I'm going to have to leave the house. So am I, is, is the wisdom in, in edging and waiting forever to go out or is the wisdom in ripping off the bandaid and getting out there and re-engaging life? I have no idea. I'm not going to try to advise anybody on that whatsoever, but it's a very interesting dance. I keep seeing like, you know, like you said, the Astronomicon, I'm like, Oh, that was a great time. The people were really cool there. I really would, I think, and like to go just to feel that again. But I'm like, eh, I don't, I don't know. Like, is there more data coming somewhere from the sky? Sure. Or so, like, I don't know exactly what I'm waiting for at this point. Uh, Dude, but I do know that I am still being cautious, as you guys both say. Some of the sickest I've ever been in my entire life came from going to conventions. Oh, con, oh yeah. What did they call it? Conflu. Yeah, uh, con, con crud. Yeah, con, con crud. Conflu. Uh, con plague any of those i it, you know i just it, it, it that's it's the last place i could see myself at this particular moment yeah certainly uh as it, it's certainly going to be wearing a mask around the next couple of cons that i go to just to see if it makes that difference because uh you know i mean part of it was that we didn't see each other for the last year but also didn't get the the flu or any really bad colds last winter True. so i mean if the mask has something to do with that then I'll wear it forever. I'll wear it, you know, for the rest of my life. 
Yeah, yeah, understandable. Uh, so getting into some wrestling news, um, there there was some pretty interesting news. Big shakeup over at NXT. Uh, took a lot of people by surprise. I think the two big things from that were um, the fact that at first it appeared a Velveteen Dream was surviving again, uh, only right. to go on and get cut. And then the uh, the referee, uh, I I don't have his name in front of Drake me. Drake Wirtz. Yeah, yeah. Wirtz. Uh, seemed to be uh, heavily in the uh, the nationalism camp. Um, by all reports, uh, has all the uh, social qualities of the. I don't know if you've been out in the punk world and running across uh, the heavy nationalists, or I mean, you know, pretty much any any world. Nationalists tend to be fundamentalists. Fundamentalists tend to not be fun. Sounds right. like the guy was not fun. Sounds like he was a real <laughs> piece of work. And then, of course, at Velveteen Dream, uh, the entire wrestling world has been talking about for quite a time now. We've talked about it extensively here on the One Fall Show. Mm-hmm. Sounds like behind the scenes also, um, you know, sort of the the ugliness of the uh, the reports concerning uh, texting minors was the tip of the iceberg and that he was a real entitled piece of work that just by sheer... Um, by sheer talent, charisma, and potential was getting protected by higher-ups, they finally had to cut him loose. Um, I think, if nothing else, this is some negative baggage cut off of WWE uh, in both of these cases and and for the best. What do you guys think? How yeah. how Drake Wirtz survived as long as he did is a fucking mystery to me. Because... You know, here was a guy who was wearing his NXT shirts, doing calls from the performance center, making other talent uncomfortable, walking out of a Triple H led meeting because Triple H said that we had to be inclusive of all faiths. Dude, this guy is a genuine piece of shit. Like agreed, he he is one step and and I, I'm ripping this straight off from from Cornette this week, but he is one step from barricading himself in the basement of a pizza place because that's where the Internet told him Hillary Clinton was holding the children. Right. Like it's it, he's he's fucking I, I just listening to the guy on his appearance on the fucking county commissioner, whatever panel that he Skyped into, uh, this guy fucking needs to be investigated and quick. I don't know what it is with people replacing hardcore drug habits with hardcore religion, but I think it's as damaging as the drugs are, or maybe they fuck their mind up completely and and religion is just a, a you know a, a side effect of it. I, I have no idea. I've done plenty of drugs. I've never done enough drugs to either make me believe a quarter of the shit that this guy was into, or th- that I needed to go to God to get help. This is fucking ridiculous. Fuck that guy. Uh, he deserves not to have a job. And uh, I don't know. I'm sure his I'm sure his right wing buddies will give him a job, you know, at their plumbing company or whatever the fuck. But this guy has no business being on television. 
Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I mean, you never know how true the, the dirt sheets are, uh, but it was mind blowing to hear that he walked out of a Triple H meeting because Triple H, you know, mentioned, uh, you know, being supportive of Black Lives Matter. Like, I don't I can't. I can imagine walking out of a meeting with my boss because he says something I don't agree with, but I also would know full heartedly that like, I'm probably done after that. And the fact that he stuck around for as long as he did after something like that. I also want to shine a light on the fact that there's a couple other talents that they released, including Jasmine Duke, which is yeah. really kind of sad that Although uh, we haven't seen her on TV in like two years. It's true, but it, she was on Raw Underground, I think, like yeah, last year yeah, yeah, yeah. at some point, and that That's, was really that cool. That but, doesn't count. And uh, somebody that I've followed from Impact, uh, her, she was going under Skylar's story in uh, in NXT, but she never really got much in the way of screen time. But she she was on the very first, uh, I think, the very first AEW um, All In. She was a manager for somebody that uh, that was wrestling, hmm. and I can't remember what she was going under uh, very very cool girl and when i saw her on impact a couple of times i was like she's got a look and she's got talent and i hope she goes far and you know that's the thing you always have to remember about the the talent cuts uh, when they happen in wwe it's like it's not forever like rhino's been cut and then he came back and he got right. cut again and then he came right. back you yeah. know it's like we don't have the budget for you right now but down the line who knows but uh yeah it's it does feel the way you you framed it, Johnny, of like it feels like some negative baggage uh, gone as far as especially the Velveteen Dream. I, I would agree with that. Now we we don't have to deal with reports every week of him being backstage at Raw and wondering, oh, is this the is this the week that they continue to invest in this guy or what? I thought it was it, very interesting. The the artist uh, was it Shamberger, the one who did like sort of notoriously paints the professional wrestlers works with WWE. Mm -hmm. He actually tweeted about how like the most unprofessional human being he'd ever dealt with in the wrestling world. And I have to imagine that in the world of professional wrestling, you get a pretty broad spectrum of professionalism, right? Like I'm, they're sure. definitely going to be the, the people who take the handshakes and the respect very seriously. And they may be gruff and pretty difficult to like enjoy yourself around. Around, but you sort of understand you know how they move um but it Dude, sounds what? it sounds like he was like the velveteen dream bought everything that he was selling to his audience like he was a mark for himself dude what was that like super long rambling defense statement that he put out on twitter did anyone have time to read that because i saw that and i went nah i don't I don't fucking care. Yeah, like, I saw that it had happened, but I, I, I had already wrote him off. So it was like, I, I got better things to do with my time, but yeah, I should probably go back and look it over. There's no way. I'm sorry. There's just, there's no way that your dirt can get that exposed and then have you come and write that many words and, to have me read it. Like, I'm sorry. I'm not reading fucking OJ's book either. Like, no, <laughs> you you burnt that bridge, bro. Like, and and I I don't know. I I don't know what to what to make of it. I think I, I yeah. I think it's better that he's gone, and uh, hopefully he's not seen in a wrestling ring ever again. I certainly sounds like with this kind of baggage, I I can't imagine anyone picking him up, right? Like, I mean essentially he was a, a huge shooting star in nxt 
uh, I don't think there there's really reason to doubt the idea that the high ups really were trying to protect him and figure out a way to introduce him back into um, the product. And if the WWE couldn't do it, you know, I mean, they, they, they have allegedly covered up the, uh, the murder of innocent women. So uh, <laughs> if they can't, if they can't make your shit not stink, you know, what chance does anyone else have now? I mean, you know, maybe some dirt show somewhere might try, but I, but you know, a lot of those dirt shows are, you know, in the South. I don't, I don't know that Velveteen Dream would specifically have a shot there. I that was know, something I was gonna. That's something I was gonna bring up too. Is that you see this in in all forms of entertainment when it comes to you know people getting canceled over their politics, and then they're like, "Well, I'll just go find a job with people who think like I do." Like, I have to imagine in in the next I don't know five years or something like that. There's gonna be some small promotion that takes in a Joey Ryan and a Velveteen Dream and a Jake Ward and just like gets all these guys that have essentially been canceled by you know the the internet and decides we're gonna make this work and Jesus I, I can't wait for how powerful the cringe is gonna be when you see the first flyer with all of those names on them all in the same place. <laughs> cringe has got to be in the name of the federate, you know, like the, the promotion somewhere. There's got to be a yeah. C in there. Cringe, cringe wrestling. <laughs> Enzo definitely Canceled be involved. Cringe wrestling, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Maybe not though. He looks like he got knocked the fuck out over the weekend. What? Tell me more. I did not hear about this. Oh, he took a floor DDT and got knocked clean out. Had to be stretchered out. It was beautiful. Oh, man. <laughs> Enzo really needs to. He just needs to start wearing headgear, I think, is what it comes down to. Or Between... maybe just not wrestle like this doesn't seem like your thing, bro. You've been knocked out more than the entire roster of AEW at this point. Like, <laughs> come on. That seems excessive. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> You're you're right. You're right. We're averaging about five knockouts a, a dynamite. So, right. Oh yeah, poor uh, poor N N Z O, as he's known now. N Z O. Listen, listen. All right. If you ever heard the dude's rap song, there's no you. You have no pity left in your heart for Enzo. Does it? Uh, uh, not a great track. No. Go ahead, I mean, and, and when it comes to the the uh, the hierarchy of wrestler rap songs, like where does it place as far as say like Macho Man? He Randy uses Savage? the phrase "consensual penis." <laughs> that's that's not a that's not a thing, Enzo. <laughs> Please tell me I'm lying because I'm not. Ugh, I listened to it the day it came out, you know, but that's that's been years now, right? Yeah. Um, since since that rap track hit, <laughs> I showed it to someone semi recently who had never seen it, and it blew their fucking mind. Man, I, I, I'm certainly, we talked a little bit about this last week, but I'm certainly on the train of like the longer uh, the former big cast can keep, you know, 30 feet away from Enzo, the better as far as impact. Like he, I hope he doesn't show up at Slammiversary for God's sakes. Listen, if Edge ever comes back and they wanted to do a thing where they put Edge into like a Captain America machine and big cast comes out, I think that would work. He looks like a fucking <laughs> massive edge. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that. 
Or the classic Looney Tunes where the uh, Tweety Bird becomes the big monster when he drinks the the Jekyll right. formula. I'm or, into or, it. or maybe maybe instead of instead of like Bobby Lashley going through the LED boards and just having some sparklers go off, like they they spear him through the LED boards and the 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 electricity gives him superpowers and out comes the, big cat. Yeah, the big one comes out instead. Yeah, exactly. Nice, nice. I would I would be it's, on board. It's, with them it, just doing that every week like edge would cut the promo and then he would take a drink of something and then big Cass would be the one to come out and beat somebody's ass yeah, it'd be like shredder uh, and super shredder yeah yes, yeah now we're talking speaking of sweet rap music go ninja to go ninja go <laughs> shout out to vanilla ice no ninja no ninja no <laughs> uh, yes yes so before we started recording, I said that I had pretty much missed the end of AEW. Why was Eddie Kingston hoarding shoes? That image it's in was his amazing. DNA, bro. <laughs> it's in his that, DNA. That was like a like you know. I mean, we've seen it around uh, you know, like Detroit. You'll see like uh, you know the the tennis shoes up wrapped around the telephone pole sure. to either respect some fallen homies or to mark the fact that some nerd got their <laughs> shoes taken. It's just like, just, just like an old school street thing. Right. And then now you got these guys with the, uh, you know, $10,000 custom shoes. So it, it makes for a really good moment. Uh, Wait a second. Did Eddie Kingston steal the nerds young bucks shoes and then, and then throw them over a power line so they couldn't get them. Is that I what mean, you're telling me? No, they, ju they just stole them. I mean, uh -oh. when they're $10,000 shoes, like you got to think you could probably at least get three grand for those babies. He would think so for sure. But yeah. I mean, they're ring worn. So maybe, maybe in a, you know, some weird circles that may get even more. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably fake a autograph on them and uh, you're good to, you're good to go. Hell, I, I would buy that from Eddie Kingston. Yeah. He seems respectable, reputable source. Oh yeah. 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 He's like, Hey, <laughs> Come, come check out what I got in the trunk. And it's like are 16 Eddie, pairs of Dior shoes. Are Eddie Kingston and John Moxley the new crime time? Is that what's happening here? You know what? If they gave him that gimmick, I would be okay with it. <laughs> Just stop coming out to wild thing. That's all. Well, at least they got a different wild thing this time around. Yeah, they, they, they use the X version, which, by the way, Onita has used for his entrance for like decades. So, I mean, it seems like uh, it. Listen, if they're not setting up Onita and Moxley, which they shouldn't, um, then why are we doing this? I have Maybe. to believe they are. I have to believe they are. And um, I, I said it last week. I'll say it again. Um, uh, Jim Ross was throwing uh, Minoru Suzuki's name around. If we don't see Minoru Suzuki versus Moxley, I'm going to be outraged. Uh, but I am so digging the Mox and Eddie Kingston team up, um, partially because it just it just works, and they're crafting themselves into these two unique versions of this sort of like, hey, I'm the tough white guy who has roamed the streets of you know my town or America, insert whatever here, um, and giving them some real character. Um, but I like that you're you're gonna they're they're, they're these should be heels, and yeah. Yet, the the bike by, by the young bucks creating themselves into just this obnoxious you know the the clothes they've been wearing um 
this last week where they just went straight up just they're just they're just rampantly cheating um i think they're feeding a lot into the fact that there's blowback against the bucks like a lot of people are coming to AEW and they're like we heard you were the the big thing and you really just seem to be putting on some you know maybe b plus wrestling shows but you told me that you were transcended grades so what you know it's it's the dynamic is a lot of fun um, I think that uh, live touring could not be coming back at a better time right now for uh, the Bucks specifically and, and John Moxley uh, and Eddie Kingston. But the other thing I wanted to get to was the fact that, I mean, I think legitimately Eddie Kingston was like, I'm probably going to have to leave the business as my full-time way to make money when pandemic hit, um, you know, some take on some honest work, so to speak. And you know, now he's been shoved to the moon and the fact that he's allowed to be sort of a journeyman, but a journeyman that is playing so well with Moxley, who, you know, just was was white hot in the indie quote unquote circuit after being released from WWE makes for a ton of fun. And like, I genuinely like I, I'll be out in my yard. I've been doing a lot of gardening. If people see me on the Instagram at Shawnee.constant, I've been posting gardening pics on my patio. I've got a, a weight bench with a very small weight. I'm an old man. I have uh, a lot of health issues, but I'll be like out there banging some free weights. And I'm just like, Oh hell yeah. I'm like a hardcore legend, like Eddie Kingston, man. Like <laughs> uh, I'm split on Max Caster, but I have to say when he said, you look like a pack of uh, menthol cigarettes, I was like, okay that's a fucking (laughs) funny line and i totally know what you mean now every time i see him i'm like all right yeah he does look like a pack of menthol cigarettes like it's a (laughs) a very it's 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 an urban thing it's a it's 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 a class thing to me right like it's a it's a working class like i have to spend all my time working just to get by kind of feel to eddie kingston and um like to go from thinking that your wrestling career is over and you never got anywhere near where you wanted to, to being able to get in here and to be, you know, respected. We see the backstage uh, video of where he'll be given like a, a big speech or whatever, sure. uh, you know, trying to coach up and, and it all feels so sincere at all. Like he's one of those guys where I'm like, please, please, please don't ever have some kind of strange skeletons come out of your closet. Don't be a sex criminal you know right um because i want to root for you so hard and i'm doing that right now i'm embracing it and uh you know his window we don't know what it is you know you know so like everything he can get right now is like uh, it truly feels like okay this guy has worked his whole damn life and and i feel like that's something to celebrate anytime that he gets a chance to get and any fucking rules if you look at the details of the storytelling it's better when he's there, you know, the stealing of the shoes. And then, you know, like I said, I, I may have said before we popped on the audio, it's like, and the socks, <laughs> you know, like right? there are things that take place in Eddie Kingston's matches that I have to believe that he's a part of because you don't see them in every match in, in, um, in AEW. And when we talk about the fact that AEW feels a bit homogenous, it feels like the stories overlap too much. It's super refreshing to have those unique little moments in the, um, you know, in, in the different parts of the match where there is time to have a unique moment. And it's just fun to watch Moxley and Eddie play off each other in kind of an improv way. Like the menthol cigarettes uh, line that you were talking about, like the camera cut to Mox looking over him and going, menthol, really? And, yeah. uh, and <laughs> Eddie going like, yeah, well, I, I don't know, maybe. Yeah, like these are two guys that probably by 
uh, almost any standard in the history of professional wrestling shouldn't really be top guys, but for whatever reason, right now it's just, just working and I'm really digging it. It's right place, uh, right time. I'm sure a, a stone cold Steve Austin in the middle of the, you know, eighties would not have worked. He'd have just been, he'd have been bad news Brown. Mm-hmm. He'd have just been a heel, just a jerk. Yeah, I think that this is a good way to use Moxley and a good way to elevate Eddie Kingston. I think when he was doing the family, right, like he came in and he talked to me in promo and, and you know, got on everyone's radar. And then the family was not that great. Um, I think that there was a lot of storytelling problems. I don't think that they know what to do with the Butcher and the Blade at all, uh, as evidenced by the fact that they're now apparently a part of matt hardy's faction i guess i don't know um it all it it all gets to be a bit much but i i I like eddie kingston i've liked him since the minute he came in um and uh and and i do want him to uh to succeed um i you know i i like i think i like him a little bit better as a as a uh you know a singles guy as opposed to being in a tag team obviously the tag team with Mox's uh, short-term thing to kind of, um, you know, get Mox into a different program outside of the, the, the world title picture. Um, it makes, you know, it makes a whole lot of sense. And uh, I, I tend to like most of the segments that, um, that they're a part of the young bucks on the other hand. Um, oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, I do agree with you that they work better as heels Mostly because I can't fucking stand them as people. <laughs> and and it's really interesting. Like something happened this week where it was like, like, I think Anthony Agogo thanked God and Jesus. And then so did Miro. Miro like, did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, that's it felt real, real strange. Yeah. That's that's really weird. That's a weird heel move. But maybe they're trying to attach religion to the heel. I don't know if that. If they did that, it would make a strange amount of sense, at least for me. But I don't know that that would play overall. I don't know that that's necessarily the the best way to go with it. But I absolutely fucking hated the main event this week on Dynamite. Um, I thought that uh, they, you know, the Young Bucks have a way of structuring a match that will make the other team in it feel like they're being put over or feel like they walk away looking stronger when really all it does is, is get the young bucks over and that, you know, they did it with private party. Um, they did it here. I think way more egregiously with Brian Pillman jr. And the, the varsity blondes, um, AEW had a real opportunity, especially with the dark side of the ring stuff to uh, elevate Brian Pillman Jr. And I cannot figure out why they're not taking that opportunity. Um, It really does feel like right now, you know, and, and this is, I admit a, a sort of micro level view, mostly because the, you know, it hasn't played out enough to have a macro level view but it really does feel like, you know, the EVPs knew that they couldn't book themselves into the title picture for at least a year. And then when that year was up, 
It was like, yeah, fuck it. We're the champions. We're the bosses. We're the champions. You do what we say because we're the bosses, but we're also the champions. I, I think that that's kind of shitty. And it's also making for really bad, uninteresting television. Interesting. Yeah, I'm not, you know, I, I, I uh, weekly, I reiterate the fact that I am a total mark for AEW. Um, the Bucks specifically, I think, always played for me because between uh, New Japan and then trips to the United States, I didn't see a ton of them. So like there was this sort of legend around them and I would, you know, I would watch a good amount of their matches over, you know, let's say like 2014, 2015, 2016, or just like sort of in that area, but they weren't, there wasn't a weekly show really that they were threatening to be on for the most part, I guess, you know, there was a stretch in impact or I'm sorry, of ring of honor. Yeah. Ring of yeah. honor. Um, it did feel like a wasted during that time. It did feel like a wasted episode of Ring of Honor if you didn't have the elite on, right? Between, between yeah, Adam Page, Adam Cole, and Adam, the yeah, Bucks, Cody. Yeah. Like, if none of those guys were on your, you know, syndicated episode of Ring of Honor television, then like, well, what are we even doing this week? Um. Uh, so yeah, that's all interesting. Um, what has happened in uh, anything happened this week in impact Chuck, as I swear for a moment, my brain, I'm starting to go on popcorn break and I'm trying to save the flow. I don't think so. I mean, they're setting up slam anniversary, so they're trying to set up the matches for that. Obviously we know that moose is going to be the next, uh, the next guy to take on Kenny Omega, which that should be a fine match and an interesting match because he definitely, you know, outsizes Kenny Omega, which will be really cool. Yeah, that's a very fun stylistic shift for what we've seen from Kenny Omega in AEW. I like that. And and for people who don't know Moose, I think uh, Moose is one of those guys where when you see him, you're like, oh, okay, this is not at all what I expected. And yeah. I, I, I have to believe at some point Moose gets to move on from Impact. Like enough people eventually see him, right? Like he doesn't have like, his character has tons of gimmick to it because he's just such a unique animal. But you don't see it if you just see his image. You're like, oh, he's a big ass athletic motherfucker. Like he's probably right. like, a, you know, a, a cage type where he just comes in. But he's he's got so much nuance and silliness and 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 lunacy to his character. Um, that should they, be a lot of fun. I, I like the the potential for that. Uh, what do you think about people showing up at that at that show, Chuck? Any uh, any predictions? Any hopes? Anything like that? Um, I think uh, Chelsea Green, who was the hot mess Laurel Van Ness, I think she's a shoe in like even though she just had surgery, she'll show up and do something backstage like if if anybody is destined for impact after getting cut from the WWE, it's absolutely her. And I don't think that's a, a, a negative. They did reveal another one of those slammiversary uh, videos where they tease images of guys like Samoa Joe. Um, but one of the You're things right. they one of the things they teased graphically was uh, Daniel Bryan, which is, you know, like, yeah, right. Get out of no here. Way. No way. <laughs> no way in hell. Uh, they also teased that, you know, possibly the Iconics could show up. Um, I don't you know, I don't know. I, th I think Samoa Joe and Chelsea Green are the two that are on my list of like, if I don't see them, I will be heavily surprised. How good with would the hot mess be with the iconics? Is there, oh amazing! You've got tons of, uh, you know, you got a, a nice 
very seasoned roster in that knockouts division. And I think those three together would work so well where you have these two, just like the iconics are sort of like the original iconics are sort of like these, these um, screaming morons who are so confident and, and uh, lacking in self-awareness that they just are on, you know, cranked up to 13, a hundred percent of the time. And then if you have this third, you know, this hot mess, right. <laughs> also with them, it's like a juxtaposition. Um, I think that you have, you have some gold there. Uh, I would love to see that. I think we discovered last in the last year that uh, Billy Kay is definitely the MVP of the Iconics and can probably write her own ticket wherever she ends up. Um, by the time uh, SmackDown hit last week, I was pretty tired. I was switching to a new work schedule and, you know, with the mental and physical health issues, there's sort of like a lot of work to try to turn a ship around to not hit the iceberg. And uh, even though I'm really digging SmackDown, I was like, you know, I just don't think I'm going to watch this. And uh, I was told uh, at least see the Nakamura entrance. It's wild. And I was like, okay, well, you know, you got me at Nakamura and I'm so glad I did. Uh, I, I totally get where most people won't necessarily feel like this is anything, but Having been so excited for the King of Strong Style to make his appearance in WWE and to be so disappointed by how he was used, even if this is like a mid-card spectacle to get people like me on board, it's fucking working. Uh, I love that he has that crown. I love that he's going to kick the shit out of Baron Corbin. And I love that they booged me. (laughs) I was going to say, do we all remember that like week when uh, Eric Bugenhagen showed up and fucking nxt doing the air guitar and we were like i don't know what this is but it's entertaining as shit nope sure no don't. you don't remember that at all no not at all <laughs> not even a little bit because seeing him show up on smackdown and actually play the electric guitar was like hey it's boogs this is fine yeah i i uh, i'm i that's you know i the last show the last big show the last WWE show I went to see was the Hell in a Cell to uh, the year that our Little Caesars Arena for people yeah. outside of the area that um, is the Detroit Red Wings home stadium. And they you know built the new one and opened it a few years ago. And that was the last big wrestling show I went to. And it was the last huge event I went to. And I hate lines. I don't like being touched in public. Uh, it's just a whole thing. So it's like it's a pretty uncomfortable experience unless I can eat a lot of weed when I go to an event and uh i mean i had fun i'm glad i saw it because there were some things that took place in that in in that show that i enjoyed but for the most part like i didn't go and feel like oh like this is what it felt like to be a teenager and go to see a big spectacle show uh it was more like i'm glad i saw that because there were things that i liked that slot into the stories that i'm following but for the most part like all the trappings i can do without I have to, you know, if, if they come to town between um, how good the storytelling is in the main event on SmackDown, um, the fact that I absolutely love uh, Biggie, 
uh, Sweet Darling Baby, Kevin Owens, right? Um, Sammy, Sammy Zayn, and now the introduction of Alistair Black, who came in and gave the Black Mass to Big E. Like that's a rivalry I'm excited about. Even if they blow it, and this is the you know we see six matches out of uh, Alistair Black and he disappears again. I know they're going to be fun and interesting with Big E, like him giving this sort of like, hey, I'm a David Koresh guy, um, you know. A boogity boogity here's all the dragons from my book of magic and then you got big e playing off of that in some way where he's so good at both selling his opponent while also taking the piss out of him um it's going to be super challenging for alistair black to weather that because big e is such a monumental uh star but like the matches are going to be fun and it, uh and then with this king of the ring thing like this might be the one time i get to see uh nakamura basically just being the king of strong style right like like being the 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 supernova that i view him as and being able to see that in the ring uh, i i probably would go to see a smackdown show now uh if it's depends how they reintegrate the touring right like right i still this should be a surprise to nobody give zero fucks really about raw um i don't i don't even know what happened on raw last week uh if i was in the game and you asked me to name five people on raw i'd have to struggle (laughs) i'm just like i'm just (laughs) i watch it every week uh aside from this one um but like uh, today uh now that my schedule shifted we're recording here tonight i I have to remember to tell people i'm not sure if our downloaders realize like hey we record on monday nights now so look for the show live on uh, either monday night or tuesday um but uh the um i i uh I'm, I have no interest in raw. Like I'm like, I got to wake up now at five 30 in the morning. I'm like, okay, where can I find some extra sleep Monday nights? That's for sure. Right. You know, maybe it a day will come where I hear that they've rearranged things and it's unmissable, but right now it's unwatchable. It's fascinating that you bring up like four or five names in the SmackDown roster. And it really hammers home the point. It's like, Oh yes, yeah, SmackDown does have a roster full of people I want to see. And there's, you know, probably some people on raw I'd like to see, but not enough. Whereas SmackDown, like even the people I'm lukewarm on, I'm like, yeah, what they're in with somebody I really like. So fuck it. Yeah, I'd like to see that. That's a that's a that's a fascinating dichotomy. I was thinking the other day because we were talking last week or the last couple of weeks, we've talked about the fact that like you you watch Dark and Elevation or at least you put them on in the background. Mm-hmm. I want to do an experiment one of these weeks and just only watch the AEW product and not watch any of the WWE product and see if I, you know, how that makes me feel about professional wrestling that week. I'd be interested in to hear what you think. Again, I think that if you, if you embrace the fact that like, I love the organic nature of AEW, like clearly uh, Tony Khan is booking and organizing the big stories, but I really do believe that he's like, okay, you're going to be filling this role today. I'm interested. I'm excited to see how you fill it where in WWE, it's like, you're filling this role today. And remember, if you don't do it exactly like Vince McMahon wants it, right. you're going to have to come back and have your head in a urinal. You know, it's such a, it's such a different animal. I really feel like the people who get over on AEW earn it in a very, very different way, a less corporate way, a less uh, tyrannical way. <laughs> 
Um, and that's what makes it fun to me. I like to see people make mistakes because how do you pivot out of those mistakes? Right. Like am right. I, I have a mistake ridden life and that continues no matter how hard I seem to try. Right. And uh, uh, so to me, more so than having a, um, a either a, a poorly or well-crafted story in WWE where I can say, oh yeah, like remember the time that he went over and that really inspired, like I'm inspired by the fact that, you know, oh yeah, he got knocked the fuck out because he completely missed that rope, but <laughs> he came back and he did, you know, like there's just, there's just this personal journey I am able to connect with, with everybody in the WWE roster that I can't with WWE because I don't know the sort of like, what is the classroom? There's the classrooms that I right. don't, you know, the, the indoctrination centers at the performance center that I'll never be privy to. And I will never really understand. Do you guys, do you guys see that uh, Okada tested positive for COVID? Yeah, yeah. Rainmaker. Yeah, it's. It doesn't sound like he's uh, you know, like he he's he's not having a bad time with it, but he says he ended up with a fever after he tested positive and didn't have the energy to train at home. But still, shout out to uh, Kazuchika Okada. Yeah, the hot dog master. <laughs> All right, what are we missing, boys? Uh, we didn't talk about NXT, but I mean, the thing the the only thing on NXT that I'm really invested in is Cameron Grimes the Million Dollar Man. I can't wait to see where that's going. There's rumors that they're going to bring the Million Dollar Belt back. So, I think that makes a ton of sense. You know, it's it's just a neat little it's a little, little nod to the past. It's a it's a prop you can have some fun with. Sure. I think that's totally going to work. Um, I did not watch NXT this week, so I have no opinion. Unfortunately, um, the switch to Tuesday nights did not get me to watch NXT. And no. um, it seems like the product's pretty good. I think that, in a, you know, in a world with less wrestling, it's a show that I would watch and probably enjoy. For sure. Um, but it's just a it's a pick your spots kind of world right now. And um, yeah, it's like I was saying when we started the show, like there's more easily accessible professional wrestling now than probably even in the midst of the attitude era in the Monday night wars. So it's, sure, it's yeah. definitely, it's definitely kind of a find the stuff you like and, and really enjoy it. And if you're, you're somebody that, you know, more wrestling is more wrestling then you've got something to do every night. Yeah. NXT just doesn't have a ton of talent that I really want to see. You know what I mean? Like, um, kind of know, a weird I mix. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I was kind of like, okay, Eli Drake might be interesting and, you right. know, um uh i'm a fan of adam cole and i'm not not as big of a fan of whatever this new gimmick that kyle o'reilly is doing cool kyle or whatever the fuck it is um i, I don't fish know. came back yeah um, i did hear that um bronson reed beat uh uh i've got that won the north american championship was that still johnny gargano though yeah he beat gargano in a, okay. in a cage match yeah i don't know i you know <sighs> I know stuff's going on there. It's just, uh, yeah, the I, I don't know if it's the Tuesday thing or if it's just that, you know, they lost me. And when you lose me, you kind of lose me for good. Sure. Um, you know, uh, I, 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 I'm not I'm not real sure. But, I, I, you know, WWE is pretty much dead to me at this point. I can't watch Raw. It gives me a headache. Sure. Um, SmackDown is, you know, like I can I can 
drop in and out of SmackDown, um, but I can't like give it my my full attention. Uh, it's just w everything that WWE is 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 making is just fucking rotten to the core. Um, you know, we had that that WrestleMania backlash with the fucking zombies. You know, I I've never Caref seen careful careful. You just regrew your head. I I've I've never seen uh, such a reaction to to something um, as you know like. Like half the reaction was this was the dumbest thing. And, you know, for a company that just claimed that AEW set wrestling back 30 years, that's kind of that's, you know, that's right. a bit rich. Right. And then the the other half was like, well, you know, WCW did RoboCop in the 80s. Why are you surprised? Well, RoboCop was shitty, too. <laughs> um, you know, just because something was done before and it sucked then, uh, doesn't mean that, that you should do it. And I don't give a fuck if WWE got a million dollars, uh, to, to, to do that, uh, promotion. Um, they just lost, they just laid off like seven fucking people, uh, regardless of how much merit, at least two of those firings were. I find that, you know, I find that a bit tough to swallow. Like, oh, we just made a million dollars by putting on the dumbest thing that anyone has ever seen in a wrestling ring, uh, maybe ever, but definitely in the last 20 fucking years. Um, but, you know, uh, on the other side of that, at least some people get to lose their job. You know, it's a lose-lose situation. Well, at least those zombies looked better than the zombie from the first episode of ECW on Sci-Fi. What? Are you, what? The, the very first ECW on Sci-Fi, they had the zombie came out and got beat up by the Sandman in like five minutes. At least that one you can blame on the Sci-Fi Network. You, they <laughs> right. they demanded that, so they have nobody but to themselves to blame. Interesting. I'm really interested in NXT where they land. Because for me, when I was in love with NXT, it was that full sale crowd. I've said it before. Sure. But now, like, will they be hitting a touring schedule? Will they be, you know, in this sort of continuing with the Thunderdome hybrid? I imagine that they'll probably reset with a local audience for a minute. You know, um, the same with like Dark and Elevate. And now we got uh, uh, there's an announcement they, that they're going to switch over to TBS next year, but there's also right. going to be an additional hour added on Friday nights following SmackDown this year that essentially will be an extension of Dynamite, right? So you get another hour of primetime storytelling, let's just call it for this, uh, you know, lack of a better word. Um, that's interesting. You know, I, I don't know, like, will the Friday night play continue post-pandemic or are people just all going to want to get out of the house um or are we going to find that like the audience for wrestling is all people who just never could get along in public and this is <laughs> like you know a uh, a warm blanket for them um to watch and keep them entertained in a, in a life of isolation you know like the population is so huge at this point like you can find a niche of just about anything right yeah um you know uh uh is the wrestling audience 
going forward going to be more of an outsider audience and less of a rah-rah stadium like we don't particularly care about organized sports but we like the collective experience in the sense of oohs and ahs and 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 sure. you know how will that all play out very interested to see but um those mid-levels you know will will dark will elevate will uh, uh nxt Will they ever be hitting the road? How will that play out? I think that will be very important for both two or three years from now, right? Like there's got to be some, it's such a weird stale time to have sat through pandemic, like in studio professional wrestling. The, the So much of the, I mean, if you look, it's all this carny art that was meant to go into your town and essentially can you out of your money with a spectacle that had none of the meaning it was presenting in kayfabe. And, uh, and they were just like, well, we got to keep going through these emotions because that's what the thing is. Right. Um, I, I, I can't imagine that anyone in, in the 20th century or, you know, before, like, even if you would have asked Vince McMahon after the first WrestleMania, can you imagine a day where like the, you're in a stadium, you have a million video screens and you're pumping in audience sound and your fans are still kind of there for it. Like, how does this all play? I don't think that the, wrestling audience is ever going to explode again. I think that uh, um, entertainment audiences are all so niche and algorithmic and, and this and that, but boy, I, I, I think that it's going to be very exciting to see like we we've like, I think that AEW is primed for a live show, but I've always been a person who's loved smaller live shows. Right. Uh, so maybe they're just primed for 3000, 4,000 people. And I just, uh, I, you know, to me, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's perfect. Um, obviously that would be wildly disappointing for uh, the EVPs. And so I'm wondering, maybe we see that WWE just because of sheer name value is able to get back on the road and and draw huge crowds and actually build their audience that would be shocking to me uh, having sat through pandemic but like it's in many ways that's as exciting and, and more exciting than the vast majority of the storytelling that's actually taking place is what becomes the trajectory of the business especially the touring business and how does that impact like i will say we talked earlier about getting to a show um the bingo halls i'm interested in i i i thought that i was sort of done with going out at all and after pandemic i'm like oh there might you know i might have a decent amount of life left in me like i i hadn't really planned for that i'd sort of like wrapped <laughs> it up and i was just like waiting out the string and now i'm like okay i'm i i, I do genuinely even if i'm in a severely depressive mood the next day if i've seen a wrestling show if I get the dopamine back, the serotonin back, I can smile because I do enjoy something from the wrestling show right? in a, in a small spot, in a small spot, whether it be a crowd member or, you know, there's always something that I dig in a small show. Um, AEW, I'm going to have a blast. But again, I was like, I bought in during the pandemic. Like that was probably the single focus of my entertainment and, and any sense of joy I found over the last year. Uh, which is sad in many ways, but here we are. Uh, I love the idea of singing along with Wild Thing, even if they did take the the psychedelic flute out. And I don't, it's not as though I ever really listened to Wild Thing, uh, you know, other than hearing it as background noise ever in my entire life. Um, you know, I think that I will, 
if only once, I will have a blast singing oh yo 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 and um, <laughs> you know being a part of the where is my mind chorus and like I'm primed to buy into that collective experience in a way that I think will really feel like a great relief in my life. Like at the end of an AEW night, if only once, I think I'm going to say, okay, this is why I sat through 14 billion hours of wrestling through the pandemic. Um, and uh, so God damn it, AEW, get to Detroit. We're fucking, we're wondering why you wouldn't put us on your schedule before the pandemic. Um, I think I think I have a lot of trouble getting into the collective experience, mostly because I've been on the production side of things. And so when when I go to a show and I think about things like the performance, um, you know, I'm thinking of it more in terms of, you know, how would it be from the performers end? And I think, you know, like it doesn't do much for for wrestling because I don't have any context for wrestling. Um, but when I went to go see a raw taping, the thing that blew me away the most, more than the collective experience was, oh, man, look at how quickly they're restaging for 205 live and like a commercial. What is happening? Sure. They redressed the ring in like two minutes. It was it was amazing. So. For me, I, I think I think the collective experience is really hard. Um, and and I'm more wondering, you know, along the lines of like dark and dark elevate, how are they going to make that feasible? Because if you look at the fucking, you know, the 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 match card for dark, it's there's eight. I'm, I'm sorry. I take that back. There's 15 matches with 14 people you've ever heard of. The rest are job guys that you have never heard of. And, you know, like you've either if you're going to be taping dark before or after a dynamite, which I don't see happening, no one's going to sit through that. But if you're if that's the plan, then what are you going to pay for the you know, uh, uh, 16 to 24 job guys that you're going to need to have those matches? Or are you going to actually start presenting matches that people want to see on dark? I, I just, I, I don't know how they do this and still kind of meet the, the, the content that they've been doing. Um, you know, the, it, it doesn't make sense from a, from a production standpoint, like, yeah, let's take all of these people on the road. Okay, so then the alternate version of that is, okay, well, then we continue taping at Daly's Place. Well, then you can't book Daly's Place for anything else other than, you know, when you have your wrestling show or whatever. Um, it does give you something to put in there, but then are you going to be shipping dudes back? Like, if they're out on tour with Dynamite, do they have to come off the road to come tape, do dark tapings? Are you going to have job guys versus job guys? And this isn't even job guys. These are like fucking wrestling school dudes. These aren't, these aren't people who have followings uh, other places in the country. Those people get elevated to the main roster as soon as they fucking get there. So there's, there's a major booking problem that needs to be solved. And I don't know how you solve that. 
No, it's going to be very interesting to see. I, I feel like Daly's place would be key um, just because, again, I'm so into that model with uh, Full sale and that having that home crowd that shows up every week and are, you know, you just are naturally invested, right? Like if you're willing to show up at the wrestling show every week, even if you're on TV, um, you're gonna, you're, you're, you're naturally going to build your own sort of kayfabe and how you interact with that product. Right. I, I, I mean, I get that, but if you're going for emulating an NXT model, you should have started elevating the guys who are going to be leading the dark program on dynamite like six months ago. Like those guys should have been getting wins over. I, you know, like I, I it just, you know, like give them wins over people we've seen on television, Sonny kiss, Joey Janela. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's no actual elevation which is kind of ironic given the name of the, the second program. There's no actual elevation that's being done for people who might be able to helm that program. I think the best example is probably Brian Pillman fucking junior. He may not be ready for like a full primetime main roster, uh, you know, main event run on dynamite but he could probably hold down a prominent babyface position on something like dark. So why is he being beat by every single person on dynamite every time he appears? That's very, you know, with having those different shows, I think that, you know, once you do get, you know, obviously uh, dynamite has to be your prime. And I don't mean, it's it's your jewel so therefore you protect it i mean like dynamite still because of pandemic i'm not sure ever really has gotten on track like all systems go this thing's ready for you know warp speed if we're able to hit it kind of thing it's like it's been in it sort of sort of was like all right we're revving up we're revving up here and then pandemic hit boom and it was sort of a survival mode thing um I, I think that you're right. You make a very interesting point as a person who's watched Elevate and who's watched Dark a lot. Uh, they probably, you're going to probably have to have somebody in that world, someone in that sphere that, that you know, has appeared on Dynamite a thousand times that is still sort of, uh, you're right. They're, 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 um, they're still nondescript. I put on the show, but really it's, I'm just the announcers pop me. Um, you know, I like it when yeah. a big star makes it on. Uh, there are people that I could sit and say, Oh, I like this person. I like this person. I like this person, but they're all like prospects. It's like, they would, you know, the conversation would be very similar to like minor league baseball. You know, there are a billion, uh, well, the billions a bit of a stretch, but there, there are many, many people who are huge baseball fans, or they say they're big baseball fans. They love the major leagues. Very, very, very few people who go and sit through four hours of a minor league game and then come back and, you know, try to talk their friends into believing that it was a great time. And you sort of get that with dark. I've watched a lot of dark episodes and you know, I say, well, this guy's decent and this guy's decent and this guy's decent and this guy's decent. But I think we need a moment where someone like, shoots through the whole cuts through the noise of like, these are a bunch of people who are kind of like, not really ready. They're not, not ready. They're, they're not, not ready for prime time. They're, as you said, Nate, they're sort of, you know, uh, wrestling school guys still like, they're not even close to being ready for prime time. Right. Um, 
And uh, yeah, so somebody coming in and saying, okay, this other show tours around the country and you got all this bullshit with the elite and all these clowns who are acting like they're all big shit, but this is my show and I got the show locked down and like I'm, I'm now the the whetstone upon which all of these other nondescript sort of players can grind themselves against and there is not that right now. And while I can say I've enjoyed both of those shows many times over the last several months, there really isn't a single match that I could say. And this is why I watch that thing. I really right. watch it. Cause I just like watching the, 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 you know, these people I'm not really familiar with. And I'm like, all right, just based on looks, is this person over with me or is it not, you know, are they not, right. is the, uh, you know, it's, it's really just sort of a number, you know, like, okay. Uh, this rap was kind of funny this week. Oh, the rap kind of sucked this week. Like, but at no point, and I'm like, I'm, and I feel like, all right, the tension's really building. I'm really excited to see this person explode onto the scene. Like that, that hasn't even really come into my, into my radar at all. It's just sort of a, all right. So this is the, this is, this is the, this is the practice show. And they hope to one day get on the real show. And we're not even sure what the real show is yet. So it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Um, there was something else I wanted to mention before we go. We've talked quite a bit. I think we can go a bit. Do either of you have anything that you'd want to touch base on before we wrap up while I try to think of what it was? I don't like, I, I would like, I like to start this thought by making it clear that I am not defending the zombies at WrestleMania backlash. Like I was not a fan either, even though I do love my spooky bullshit and I, I found it humorous that they were there. Like ultimately I, I, I'm not going to defend it. However, Shawnee, you talked about how you like the crowd experience. And then Nate, you talked about how you like the production. You know, you, you like to watch wrestling from a production standpoint when you go to a live show. And I no, think it's, it, it, it's not necessarily wrestling. It's just any, any event. It's just uh, my, sure. my production brain kicks in. Right. But I think that speaks to the idea that like, wrestling like every entertainment medium means something different to somebody to each person that is there every we're all there for something a little bit different and i have to believe that somewhere there's some 11 to 14 year old that saw zombies surrounding the ring and thought that's something i've never seen before maybe i'll tr i'll try out wrestling and uh, I, I think the the fan backlash that we have, if if they were immunized to it, then hopefully they're finding something that they actually appreciate, whether it be an AEW or Impact or Ring of Honor or whatever. Um, but I think that alone is why we do still need some of that stuff that we look at and we're like that's some stupid bullshit right there because we've been watching wrestling for decades at this point so to us yeah that's some stupid bullshit but to somebody that doesn't watch wrestling that it might key in on does that make sense like yeah um, well it goes back to what i always say like we're watching a kid's show um you know we're trying to sure. we're trying to force a kid's show to adhere to our um you know cultured standards as in as much as we may or may not be cultured um i always try to find some um i always try to find some balance in that right like whenever i feel like i'm getting upset about where the product's going in any way i'm like well, this really 
like why am I'm choosing to subject myself to this and I have to remind myself what it is I like about it, what it is, you know, I can dig into trying to watch how the people are striving to get, you know, improve their lot in life. Uh, you know, the, the craft of the thing, Nate can look at the production value. Uh, you know, we can look through these lenses, but it's almost impossible for me to, 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 to get really angry about something because when I see it, um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this, like, I should probably be doing something better with my time anyway. Am I getting really, really, am I just angry with myself for watching something that I sure is, is probably, you know, I probably should have watched, you know, 70% less of each week uh, if I'm going to watch it at all. Um, but yeah, there's always going to be that moment where, you know, some kid is going to see something and and say, well, this is this is this is something else. I, I I'm not sure that that zombie match is really going to do it. Although maybe you know a lot of people came in to see with Bad Bunny and then the tie-in with the Archer of Infamy and then the Miz. Right. You know maybe. Uh, I liked the special effects makeup of the zombie match, but you know, like I was talking about Dark. All the studio shows, two or three years from now, I'm not going to remember much of what happened during pandemic. It was all flat. It was all right. It was all like filler, you know, like we're just going to put on the best we can. Um, if the WWE gets on tour and gets into battles with the live audiences and continues to feed us bullshit and um, sweeten the audio for those of us at home, Right. Uh, I could see myself saying, you know what? I'm just not, I'm just not watching yeah. this anymore. Right. Like, you know, coming out of the punk rock school, Nate, we have sort of a, an anti-establishment mentality and they are the ultimate, like, I mean, it's the fucking stock market. They have political connections. They are the ultimate mega corporation. Like they are the, they are what should be the enemy of anyone with any kind of a punk rock mentality whatsoever. They just so happen to be putting on this, this carny entertainment that sort of allows them to slip through the cracks. But like, if you're, they're like the fucking worst. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, it's, it's I mean, I only mean, the fact a... that there are a few stars that I really enjoy. Um, I love the Cesaro stuff. I really like, I genuinely pop for Cesaro right now, but I don't know how long that'll last. Um, yeah. Were you going to say something, Nate? Uh, yeah, I mean, if you're if you're going to go on with that analogy, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, that's true. But at the same time, like AEW is sort of like rooting for like the the fat records or the fucking epitaph records. You know, it's backed by a billionaire. Right. Uh, so, you know, and, and making everyone else millionaires. So where does where does the line of punk rock stop? You know, like, where does it cease being punk rock? At the point where all your performers are millionaires, I think that that's a pretty that's pr that's a pretty justifiable uh, take right there. Uh, you know, punk rock isn't punk rock if it's performed by uh, Republicans and millionaires, um, you know, then it's just fucking metal, I guess. I don't oh, know. God knows being around the punk scene like that. As many as many brats as are in the room, there's going to be that many opinions. Um you know, right. for me, it's the, for me, the very clear delineation that that has is is like when when fucking the corporation says this is the name you're going to be and this is the character you're going to play. Right. Like that's for me. There's nothing authentic about WWE uh, except for if you make it far enough 
that Vince McMahon finally says, okay, fine. You know, I'm not going to micromanage you anymore. Cause really he's just exhausted <laughs> with dealing with you, <laughs> you know, uh, where it's like, you're allowed to be shit on AEW. I like that about it. Uh, <laughs> you can't perpetuate that forever. Right. Cause then you run the risk of everything being shit. And I don't feel that way, but Nate does. Um, uh, in, in many ways, Nate, it's not an indictment. Uh, Justin Valentine, very similar. Uh, sure. Not into it as much as I am. And so it's very subjective. It's very subjective. You're right, though. That you, you, I, I, uh, I enjoy bands that I only have seen at house shows, but I love Rancid. And the only reason I know Rancid is because they, you know, came through. The, they were the punk rock big right. label right they were the right. small yeah. label they were the small label in terms of the big labels but they were a fucking label and they were using you know label uh system they were they were but, they were working within the system so i totally get what you're saying there but even 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 more than that and kind of going back to the to the to the zombie uh, uh analogy i it, you know is there do you really think that there's going to be you know like a, a kid out there who's watching that and is like oh zombies i kind of like zombies i'm going to watch you know what i'm going to tune into monday night raw and then they tune into monday night raw and the fiend isn't there and you know there's no zombies and no one's getting limbs severed and you know the miz is uneaten um you know is is does that does that still hold water um, you know, would someone who is legitimately interested in horror movies be uh, met with a, a product that resonates with them, uh, you know, when they they see the rest of wrestling? That's why I prefer wrestling to be wrestling, just like I prefer radio to be radio and uh, a podcast to be a podcast. What's the difference? There's actually a lot of difference. And if you sit down and you listen to some of my opinions, you might be able to figure it out. But it's clear that barely anyone who receives a paycheck for this shit understands it an iota. And that just gets me fucking that that gets me so fucking frustrated uh, because clearly in this entire endeavor, everyone looked at the paycheck and the bottom line and they said, oh, this works. This works for me. Uh, and and they didn't stop to think, like, what is the audience impact of doing something like this? What is what is the brand impact of doing something like this? You know, uh, Shawnee, you had said something else that, you know, when you watch wrestling, you remember that, oh, you're watching a, a kid's show. It, it's, it was never wrestling was never considered something intrinsically for kids until Vince McMahon got his fucking hands on it and sure. it, you know, like, and turned it to what it is now uh, between the 1980s and the PG era, the hottest moments that wrestling ever had as a business were when people could believe in it and, and not just, you know, kids uh, or, or children, but grown adults. And you had a wide swath, a, a, a diverse demographic of people who were both consuming the product and going out and buying the T-shirts. And they weren't fucking embarrassed to wear that shit. Like someone someone had asked me, like, hey, man, what's your favorite wrestling tee? And I told him I don't fucking own wrestling tees. I would be mortified to leave my house and have somebody recognize me wearing a wrestling T-shirt. 
Sorry, you just don't. This this is not elicited that amount of fandom from me and nothing that I've experienced since watching it has made me go. Yeah, I should definitely go out and buy a wrestling T-shirt. I am covered. I, you know, at one point in my life, I was covered fucking head to toe in punk rock merch because I knew exactly where my dollars were going. They were going to that band. They went to that guy that the four, the, you know, the $4 I spent on the EP and the $2 I spent on the patch, that guy was going to go and, and, and go to Trader Joe's and spend it on fucking vegan Oreos. You know what I mean? Like I knew exactly where it was fucking going. And now, you know, like it's, I don't fucking, I can't, I can't envelop myself in merch like that because it's like, oh, it's a fucking, it's a website. It's a billion dollar corporation. It's, you know, uh, it's, it's hot topic. It's wrestling tees, uh, you know, the website wrestling tees, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I can't, I can't buy into that. I don't feel good buying into that. I, I don't feel like a good person. I feel like I'm giving carnies my money. And I don't I don't like that. I've never liked that. I've never liked feeling like I'm supporting a corporation that I don't like. And I've never felt like, you know, if a band didn't impress me, I sure as fuck wasn't going to go buy their merch or their fucking record. Um, And if I thought that they were sketchy, I doubly wasn't going to give them any of my fucking money. And I wasn't going to go see their fucking shows either. Um, You know, there is there is a little bit of of I don't you know. Like there is a little bit of transference there to uh, to wrestling and uh, the way that I am just in general a consumer of things. But when I genuinely love something, I am not afraid to deck myself out head to toe in that thing. It's just how much how good at the end of the day do I feel investing not just myself, not just my time, but also my money into this thing. And wrestling ain't it? It, it, it hasn't been. I, I enjoy watching it sometimes, um, you know, at sometimes more than others. Uh, but, you know, it's just not it, it's not one of those things where it's like, yes, I can fully invest uh, myself and, and my being into it. And very few things are worth doing that. Um, but, you know, I I. I I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I, I give off this vibe like I am super invested where the wrestling industry goes. I'm just giving you an opinion about what would work for me if, you know, if if that's the direction that the industry wants to go, that's fine. But there is a point where the industry can go the other way and completely lose me. I spent 18 years not watching wrestling. You know, I can go back to it, not watching it again. Right. Uh, it's just how how much does your product want to want to do that to me? And I think that's what I was. I, I, that's the flip side of what I was talking about as far as the zombies and as far as like some kid is going to see that and be like, holy shit, I've never seen that before that we've we've all been that kid at some point. And that's how wrestling gets you is by showing you something You're like, wow, I didn't I didn't know this was a thing when you were younger. But at the same time. There's also the flip side of like watching something and being and being able to identify that this is not for me. Yeah, this right here is not for me. And then having to make the decision, like, is it worth my time to hang around for a thing that's expressly not for me? Yeah. 
And I can see that. I think you don't wear wrestling t-shirts uh, because when I wear a shirt, whether it's a comic book character or a wrestling t-shirt or whatever like that, I see it as a conversation piece. Somebody when I'm out might say, hey, you're a Sami Zayn fan. I'm a Sami Zayn fan. And I, I don't think Nate likes talking to people. Uh, you know, uh, that there might be a little bit of truth there. Um, but, uh, you know, at the same time, though, why why do we, uh, you know, wear things for, you know, bands or products or, or people that we like? It usually tends to be that that conversation starter element. And, I, you know, I just, I, you know, I, I'd like I'd like for that to be, uh, uh, you know, true. Uh, it's just. I don't know. Have you seen wrestling fans these days? Like, is are those, are they are they are those really the type of people you want coming up and starting an uh, unprompted conversation with you? Well, it's it's definitely like like any type of niche. It's it's a crapshoot. Like you you might oh, it literally attract, is. I mean, you might attract people honest, you do not want to talk to, but then you might attract somebody that you're like, hey, that was a be fun honest, conversation. Listen, I, again, I come from the punk rock world. Okay, it's not like we have a ton of teeth between us either. I get it. <laughs> I sure. get it. It's just, you know, like there, I, I just, I have a limit. I have, I have, uh, you know, I have a cutoff point where it's like, okay, I've talked to enough people with, uh, you know, less teeth than they should have. And, uh, I'm good. I'm good on that. I'm, I can just call that done for today. All right. We're going to wrap it up here, but I did remember what I wanted to say and it's conveniently, I need a, uh, a title. So I think this is all going to play in together. Uh, Recent news, John Cena is coming to save us all. <laughs> Who else is excited about this? Discuss. Do, do, do. <laughs> I I guess I don't I don't know. I I uh, I'm sure I I can I can understand Vince McMahon picking up the phone and being like, "John, when we go back to going on the road, we need a big name. We need somebody to get people back in the back in the arenas and i want it to be you here's a here's a check and john saying you know but at the same time i was such a fan of the the firefly funhouse match i don't know how he in story explains it and well, i don't know that's, that's the interesting thing is that he has stated it, his his comeback has to be predicated on making his return make sense in the context of the firefly funhouse match yeah, so I don't know how you do that, but uh, at the same time, going back to what we were talking about with WWE, I think we can all agree we don't really watch WWE because it's the best wrestling in the world. It's more about the presentation. They have literally the best presentation of professional wrestling. Oh, I've just stopped watching WWE altogether. So Right, but I mean, even when you do get – when you get into wrestling – it becomes clear very quickly who has the most amount of money and just throws it all at the presentation and production value. True. True. And I mean, then, and that's what Kevin Dunn to deal with. Well, for sure. You still got those crazy cameras to deal with, but uh, you know, that's, that's been WWE for, for, you know, decades now. So I'm in, I'm interested in seeing John Cena again. Let's see what he's got. Let's see who he wants to put over. That's the fun thing about watching guys like John Cena and uh, Sheamus and Randy Orton at this point in their lives is that they are expressly there to do what the undertaker did for them 20 years ago. They just look around the locker room at all the, at the guys that are younger than them and go like, all right, who can I make? 
who who can I give some of the best matches of their career and make the make people give a shit about? All right. Well, thanks for joining uh, joining us, uh, listeners. Thank you, you two, for being a part of the show. We thoughts out to Justin Valentine. Sounds like he's got some some stuff he's dealing with. And I'm not exactly sure what it is, but uh, I'm certainly rooting for the uh, the young man. Sure. And uh, of course, always I'm I'm always elated when Erica is here because as I have told her, I'm looking at the little Zoom screen and I'm usually trying to make her pop in some fashion. So when she's not here, I have to be a little more studious. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to her being back. But I yeah, this was fun. I think it's good for a reset um it's a weird time uh it's a weird time in weird times right like we're now back in the transition like we all have varying degrees of whether we think this is a good idea or not but it the train is getting back on the tracks and it seems like it's going full steam ahead whether we're going to get back on it or not and uh i still don't know where i am in that particular scope but boy i'm sure excited to be able to look at a single audience member on a on a three-hour program and watch how they either get lit up by certain things or how they, you know, spiral into a rage over the course of a night. Because a lot of times, you know, I mean, I've seen how, how often do we see a move that, you know, occasionally we'll see a move we've never seen before. And then you're sure. like, have I, I don't know. I I've seen so many matches. There's really only so much that happens in these matches. I don't know what I'm doing here. I don't know what I'm, waiting for or hoping for out of this experience uh (laughs) i am i can't wait for the crowds to be back uh because you know there still is definitely a part of me that really enjoys professional wrestling and i'm i'm interested to see if that grows coming out of pandemic or if i'm ready to say you know what i i'm i don't ever want to be in the house again staring at a screen i want to just you know work in my garden right um so we'll see but uh Thanks a lot, guys. Let's just, uh, you know, you can find us on the show notes. Uh, yep. We have all the links and everything hooked up. If you guys want to give that information, you can. I'm going to I'm gonna just take a tap and say I'm ready to roll. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. Have fun, be safe, and don't fall in the hole. Did you guys want to give your... No, I'm, I'm good. All right. Cool, man. Make sure to watch our uh, One Fall Show YouTube page, Royal Rumble with something else. That was. It was good. It was. It was, it oh, was yes, perfect. That was, that was a lot more fun than I expected. I turned it on and then fell the fuck asleep. So you ah. may have seen that I was in that chat room, but like I didn't see a single second of. I was so fucking beat. Yeah. Um. So good stuff, eh? I'll have to pop into yeah, YouTube and uh, you, and watch it. It was probably the best encapsulation of why, of, of how Super Universe Mode can work, in my yeah. opinion, at least. Yeah. Like we we added some people and took some people out and then let it randomly decide who was coming out when. And some of that stuff worked out exactly the way we expected to. And some of it did not in the most glorious way possible. We were inches away from having to figure out how to push T bar from retribution for the next <laughs> three months. Yeah. <laughs> Narrowly avoided that. Mess. Yeah. Wow. No, wow. it was a good time. I'm looking, I'm, I'm, almost as excited about WrestleMania season in super universe mode as I am in real life when it happens. Like, I mean, that's, that's why fun. Like I was actually kind of kicking myself for, for uh, keeping the retribution guys in there. Cause it's like the one thing that I've learned running Royal rumbles over and over and over again 
is to make sure that the people in it, you're fine with any one of them winning. Yeah. Right. Cause like there've been a couple of times where it's been like Xavier Woods wins. Like really? I mean, I love the guy, but like, really it's, it's possible, but not likely. Yeah. No. <laughs> so, you know, like it's uh yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, it was a good time. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed it because I, have been there for like, I don't know, three or four or five in a row. And it's always a blast. It is, it's genuinely grown on me. It, when I was working on the broadcast side of it, I was like, I don't understand what we're doing here. Like, I don't, I don't know <laughs> what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know who this is for. And I just didn't get it. Um, and uh, oh, like now I just get stoned and I throw some chats out there and then I, I rant at the, like old man screaming at the at an empty chair, and uh, it's 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 a lot of fun and I have to I was really psyched for the Royal Rumble because it's the best event of the year in professional wrestling and <laughs> right fucking I was just out I could I could hear in like in my ear something was happening and but I missed all of it so I I probably will sit and watch the entirety of it uh on on the youtube channel is it up already nate no yeah no it comes up soon right yeah tonight tonight cool beans all right i did i did throw my voice out completely i have to imagine (laughs) because like like, the next day was my voice was so tanked and like my throat actually hurt like normally if my voice gets tired or or gravelly like it it, my voice my throat doesn't actually hurt it's just you know my voice is being shitty um But th- no, like th- even through yesterday, my voice, w- my my fucking throat was still hurting. I was like, Jesus, did I really fucking give it that much gas? <laughs> you you go hard, brother. Apparently. 